Hey everybody, welcome to Street Fight Radio. It's the call-in show with no calls tonight. Um, we had a technical difficulty here at headquarters and um, are currently working on it. We're going to have to, to schedule some time later this week to try to iron out the kinks. So tonight, it's just going to be a regular old street fight, Brian and I talking to each other. But we would love to hear from anybody in the chat. Uh, if you're if you're watching on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, or Facebook, send us questions, send us stories in the chat. I'll be monitoring it monitoring it all night long, and uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Otherwise, this is just a regular ass street fight, you know, without a parachute, uh, just making shit up as we go. Um, glad to have you here. My name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. We're the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. We've been doing it for almost 10 years now, and we are bringing you entertainment and uh, a solution to uh, all your problems, which is join up with your neighbors and create a better world while we have the chance. It's time to strike while the iron is hot. So I hope you're motivated and uh, working on... Uh, creating something better instead of freezing up in fear because we don't have time for that thanks for being here it's street fight i mean i've had plenty of time to uh, freeze up in you, fear you've been doing a lot of freezing up in fear you and um my wife are both people that freeze up in fear that's true I she's mean- she will watch the news for two hours and by the end of it, end of the second hour, we'll say like, I, I feel incredibly sick right now. And I'm like, you're filling yourself full of poison. That's what you're doing. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not even watching the news, but I mean, I guess being online is the news. Basically it's the most doomiest place in the world. But I also like, I understand it in a way because it's not helpful. We It's not helpful, not helpful to be a doomer. But it does feel like the natural way to be right now in a weird way. Like it feels like what we're trying to do is more unnatural than the uh, than the people that are like, that's fucked. Well, nothing's ever going to be the same. Right. I'm always making the best of it, though. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to be miserable until the day I die. I'm going to enjoy it, you know, all the way. I think that's why I like thrash metal so much. I'm going out of this fucking thing. I'm going to be swirling down the pipeline, headbanging the whole time. Like, that's my game. I'm uh, I'm motivated, I guess, in a weird way. Yeah. We, we dug up a garden this weekend. I put together a trampoline. Actually, what happened, so on Friday night, you were supposed to come over to hang out, and... Got almost, I got right to the end of your street. You did? And I turned around and went right home, and then went grocery shopping and had a panic attack. You did? Yeah. Uh, Dude, I... You know how it is, man. I go have panic attacks. That's just how my whole life is. It's so, just go have a panic attack, and then... Uh, you go... You tell your story, I'll tell... No, it's fine. You, you want to hear mine? Well, I mean, it's just... Pretty much the, the your panic attack was a chain reaction from my wife's panic attack, which once again, I have the same wife. I went to the I have store. Two, I have two wives that act and do the same things. Uh, I cut up, I had two hits of acid. I cut it up into eight pieces and I gave her one of them. And the minute her mind got a rolling, all she could think about was getting coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> and she did it until she fucking puked. And so on Friday night, I ended up just 
eating more and more and i ate like two hits of acid pretty much and stayed up all night long so i mean your wife isn't even leaving at all no no she isn't she hasn't left at all she hasn't been exposed like she shouldn't like not even be free but you know what that's the thing though you start to feel like all right well you know what if somebody coughed into my window and it flew in or something like that just yeah. weird shit man it's weird i, I had I'm trying pay- not to leave i mean i'm i'm really i went and bought groceries for three weeks i am you know privileged enough to do that and that's exactly what i plan to do is not leave this fucking place i don't mind um my daughter is having real bad fits of like depression though i feel like who my daughter i am too so I think everybody is being I, inside sucks, dude. And you know, she just got used to having friends. Yeah. Now she don't have no friends. That's true. Can't have any friends. We were having play dates like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad. I mean, it, it's kind of, it's weird though, because it's not weird, but I was talking with my wife about it today. And like when we wanted to have a kid, we made that decision because we believe that we were going to be able to like teach her how to be like a decent or good person or how to navigate life um but then i now i'm realizing that i'm just teaching her to be exactly like me which is like passionate fits of anger and sadness when anything doesn't go your way yeah because like now i mean i feel the exact same way if she can't do stuff she just fucking throws a tantrum and that's every single time that i have to do something i don't want to i throw a tantrum on the inside and i have to use all of these like cbt techniques to get out of it like i'm actively trying not to be the way that she naturally is yeah i'm i mean i'm in the same boat there with like trying to like navigate the way that like i'm trying to navigate how to like not i don't know man i'm used to like a lot of contact you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I like talking to people. I like being around people. I like being in crowds. So this doesn't really, like, this is not my natural state. And yeah. it kind of makes me feel crazy. I have, like, wanderlust. I want to leave. I want to fucking be around, like, 150 people talking to them and stuff like that. And I just saw that ComFest and the Arts Festival got canceled. And I'm like, that's fucking, those are in July. At the end of June and early July, it's like, we're not even going to have that shit. Yeah. Like, we're not going to have anything. Yeah. We're not going to be around each other again. And it's just fucking like, it is hard not to get into a place where you're like, this might not go back to normal because we've never seen anything like this. 9-11 happened in one day. Yeah. And it was fucking over. And within five days, we got back to basically normal you know the president was like go out go buy a tv and shit and then everyone went out and bought a fucking tv and then we went to war for still and that's like basically what happened but this just feels different it just and it's like why do i have to live through two historic things like why couldn't i have just lived through the one why does it gotta happen now you know well that's how i think like I, goddamn man i lived through 9 11 and this and what what else is gonna happen it, it shakes your foundation a little bit i guess is the thing that's true yeah i mean they uh i mean you know the financial situation of this country is very precarious and it can be fucked up very quickly um but you know, uh, we dug out a garden this weekend, uh, so we're going to be working on doing stuff like that. I'm trying to do other things to occupy my time. I have a lot of bikes I need to fix up. I love how board games I need to play. 
Yeah. And I've been doing something games. which I think is I don't know if it's I don't know if you're allowed to do it or not, but I do what's called monogamous play dates. There's one couple that I'm friends with that have kids, so my daughter isn't like completely alone. She can talk to other seven year olds right now, you know? But other than that, I mean, I play cribbage every other night with friends that have kids and they're the only people I've seen besides you. Yeah. Like my it's really been whittled down to four adults. Well, and Jason, so he's five. Five adults and uh two children that I are the strangers that I see right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm down to like well, I see you guys. I see my brother because he lives right down the street from me. Sometimes I'll walk by and Hey buddy. And then like uh basically it's just me and Katie and Gwen. And we're fighting more. Really? Just yeah, of course. I mean, me and Katie aren't, like, going at each other super no, hard. We were Friday. Not even going at... She was just in a bad mood. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck you, you know? You're going to be in a bad mood? I'm, you know, I can be in a bad mood too, motherfucker. But then I realized, like, I'm in a bad mood all the fucking time. Yeah. So she has to deal with that. And it's That's fine. True. We're going to go through that shit. Yeah. You know? Me and Gwen have been at it, though. Really? At you don't like it. each other as much as you thought. Fairweather friends. Well, we're good now. Like, right now, me and Gwen are good, but, oh my god, can I tell you before? I'll tell you a couple stories here. I'll tell the Gwen one first. Friday night, I fucking went to the grocery store. I just melted down when I got home. I took off all my clothes, I took a fucking shower, sat down, and decided that my chest hurt. And that uh, I had coronavirus because I was sweating because I had a because I was hot and then I got really cold and I got really hot and I got really cold. But not even thinking like they had to tell me I had a sunburn and I was like, that's why I feel like shit. Yeah. So like I have this sunburn and I'm I'm like just having a fucking meltdown, right? And uh, I'm like, what do you want for dinner? We're gonna order some food for dinner. She's like, well, no, I get home and I'm like, because I was out walking, I get home and I'm like. I'm going to get dinner for me. I don't give a fuck what you guys eat. I don't care. If you want in, you can be in. If you want out, you can be out. Because they had just eaten. Okay. And my daughter's like, Gwen, oh, I'll have second dinner. And I'm like, okay. Sit down on a couch. I, I, over 40 minutes, five restaurants. I said, five. Different ones? Said no to all of them. And then, to fucking top it off, she was like, never mind, I'll just make something for myself and walked out of the room. Everything closes at like 8 now, and it was 7.45 when we started this fucking process. And I just was like, why are you doing this? Like, I, <laughs> we're screaming at each other. Yeah. But it's just like, I know that's just because we're sick and fucking tired of sitting around the house. We just hate it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It sucks. It's hard not to get that way me and my wife uh fought in front of our friend <laughs> she said she wanted to leave the room after she witnessed the whole thing we fought over having pizza toast or burritos for dinner because i was just gonna make pizza toast because we all the shit was going bad it was the right time to make the it pizza toast. yeah <laughs> and we said we were gonna get pizza and then we withdrew the pizza <laughs> option and and she wanted burritos instead. So we made just we just made fucking both. Which I mean you got the time to do nowadays. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's what we're doing. My wife's on a diet because the doctor made her go on one. The low so she's on a super low sodium diet. Yeah, and me and Gwen are like And this was the same when I did FODMAP, uh <sighs> they ate 
completely different than I did. Yeah, me and Gwen are like, well, I'll, I'll eat a fucking cheeseburger. I don't yeah. Shit. I'll, I will take a handful of salt. The sodium stuff. I don't even know what has sodium in it, but I, I love everything. It. Yeah, I know. And I love everything, you know? So he's like, so uh, the other thing that happened to me this week is I had a monster of a panic attack on Wednesday. I think it was. Okay. I had therapy on Thursday. I went home and had a monstrous panic attack. After, after the, the show? Yeah, okay. just a fucking beast. I took my medicine that I was prescribed for panic attacks, and it basically made me feel a little bit tired, but it made me still uh, uh, scared, shitless, and I couldn't sleep because I just couldn't stop my mind from racing, and I just laid there and like kind of shook. I like I get real shaky. I can't stop moving. Sure, you know. Yeah, and uh, so I did therapy the next day with my therapist on the phone, and he's like, you know, you gotta fucking, you know, tell your doctor that. You know, she told you to check back in if the medicine's not working. Uh, get a hold of her. Just tell her the medicine's not working. I messaged her, and she messaged me back and said, well, you know, some panic attacks are going to be normal. Have you tried jogging? And I'm like, well, it's... I started to type it out. Like, I'm not going to go jogging at 3 o'clock in the fucking morning. Yeah. And uh, if some panic attacks are just normal, then why even give me the fucking medicine in the first place to make me think that it's going to stop the panic attack? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I just didn't even respond. I was like, I'm done. I can't. I can't fucking do this with her. I feel like a junkie every time I fucking talk to her. It's like, look, we both know what works here. There are a certain class of drugs that help with this thing. Yeah. And for a short period of time, while I'm having these things that are directly fucking motivated by the world right now that other people are doing, it's like, let's just, can we have some like give and take here? You know what I mean? Can you give me something that works? So that I can lay down and feel like a fucking normal human being every, like, once a day, maybe. Yeah, maybe try jogging first, though. Yeah, I'll just fucking jog. Take jog videos and send them to her and be like, you know what? It's You send her a message at 3.45 in the morning and be like, I did a jog earlier today and send, like, a selfie of yourself all sweaty and jogging clothes. Craig was like, my brother, was like... You fucking walk 18 miles a day. Yeah. How much more? He's yeah, like, the human body isn't even set up yeah, to you move have to much sleep. more than that. You have to stop. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to stop and eat or something. Yeah. Something. yeah. It's like, fuck. Well, the therapist is now in my shit about, you think maybe that's an obsessive thing? And I'm like, I'm 100%. I do believe that it's 100% an obsessive thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know I'm obsessed with it. I know that I did not walk today because I did another thing. And it's all I'm going to think about for the rest of the day. My legs aren't sore. I can't sleep. It's going to suck. I'm going to be hmm. up all fucking night. But, uh, yeah, he's like, Is like, that, like do you think you're obsessed with walking? Oh, he fucking blew my mind up. Okay. He blew me away. Because he asked me, when motherfucker asked me when my what my early childhood was like, and I was like, I don't know. And he's like, what do you mean you don't know? And I was like, I don't, I don't like, don't remember any of it. And he's like, when's your earliest memory? And I was like, I don't know, like 12 or something like that. And he was like, 12? That's a little late, isn't it? And I was like, no, I just thought it was normal. I'm 41. I didn't think like... 40 year olds remembered being eight, you know, 
Like I just figured it was like a long period of time. Forty yeah. year olds just yeah. forget. You know, you just forget, forget, forget. And he's like, maybe you just... Everybody listening along to this knows that you're a wrong figure now. Yeah, yeah. Well, he goes, <laughs> he goes like, maybe, you know, it's so mean. Because it's like, basically, he tied it up to, like, boredom. He was like, some people, if they don't have any strong bonds to anybody, they just figure it's not worth it to make up memories. And I was like, oh, that sounds like... Like, you just fucking really read my mind. Because, like, I feel like... it. Like, wasn't. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, I didn't really connect to anybody until I was, like, 12. You know? I, me and Jason. I have memories of me and Jason doing shit because it was just me and him most of the time. But, like, the guy's talking about, like, you're supposed to be building bonds with, like, your whole family and shit. Sure. And parents and stuff. And I was like, oh, I didn't do that. Like, at all. That never happened. You know? Right. And it's just, like, uh, it's a really weird thing to think about, like. Then all this week I've been like, what did I do before I was 12? And I, like I said, I remember two things. Maybe. <laughs> you don't know what you did? I don't know. I wrestled my brother once in the back of the car Uh huh. when we first met Jason. That's the fucking thing. Jason's in the memory, though, too. Me yeah. and my brother, me and my younger brother wrestled when we were hanging out with them for the first time before, you know, our parents were married and shit. Okay. I remember that. And I also remember me and Jason... So, okay. And my brother bullied my sisters. That's fun. You know, he drew a pair of underwear and we said, this is what you are and slid it under their door. <laughs> Very good. Very high level yeah, comedy I was into stuff. at the time. <laughs> but, uh, but it's just like, maybe, maybe he's right. Maybe like, I don't have, maybe I just didn't really have any re other than Jason, probably no relationships. Cause I, I didn't yeah. start hanging out with my younger brother until you know, 19, 20 years old. Yeah. So it was just like the only things I remember is shit with, with Jason. And then the rest of it, like, I don't remember any conversations with my parents. Well, ever. Period. Yeah. But like before I was 12, like, I don't, I don't think they really cared that much, but then I'm also like now giving them a lot of credit. I am giving them some cover by saying like, I guess when there's five of them, like I have one. And well, I feel like sometimes I even have trouble relating to the one that I have. The There's thing, five of them. Right. I mean, being mad at your parents will take you down forever. I mean, it creates amazing art and it does a lot uh, for people. And it's something you have to, to work through. But like you do have to just let it go in a real way. Not in like a superficial way. You just have to forgive them for being human. And you have to really at the root of you understand what that means and, and actually get an idea. Yeah. You've met enough people. Now, you know what it's like, you know what regular people are like. They were regular people. That's who had you regular people. I know. They weren't anything, anything <clears throat> other than regular old weird ass people that you yeah. see at the fucking grocery store. You're right. Cause you don't think of them that way. It takes you so long to even think of them that way. Like, like I, 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 even now, sometimes like, it's so weird. Like, I think you're sort of trained to believe that your parents have like an extraterrestrial, it's a an special, extra, special connection yeah, and all that. thing where they understand the world in a way. But it's like, I'm a parent to a 15 year old now and I don't have that. So right. they didn't either. They were just doing whatever they thought. And honestly, if I had fucking five kids and they were all as close to the same age as we were. Cause we were all fucking teenagers at the same time. Yeah. I deploy an L rat on that situation. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were all teens at like the same time for a period. And it's just like, 
Man, when we got to those teen years, I'm sure they were like, "Fuck!" That my parents were like, "We're going camping. We're we're gonna go. We're gonna buy a camper and we're gonna park it at a campground and we're gonna leave on Friday and come home Sunday night." Yeah, <laughs> like was like, I you got to get away from these fucking people. Sure, makes sense. But I just, I, I also, I think the anger thing that you're talking about, though, letting go of the anger. Like, I didn't have this much anger before my daughter was born, before Gwen was born. Okay. It happened when my daughter was born, and I was like, why couldn't they have done things this way? Yeah. And then now when she's 15, I'm especially feeling that, and I especially feel anger because of the way that, like, they related to me was like 100% negative. It was like the only time we talked, they were screaming at me. I don't remember doing fun things at all. I don't remember ever having a conversation that was like, hey, Brian, like, what are you into? What do you like? You know what I mean? That never happened. So like, it makes perfect sense to me that at 12 years old, you know, I made a bunch of fucking friends in middle school that ended up being my friends for until I was like 25 years old. And like, I have tons of me and Jason talk yeah. about stuff all the time before we record and stuff. Like I have all those memories and it's because I made a family and it was people that cared about me at that time. And it was all misfits for the most yeah. part, probably and I'm just sure other people probably, that don't have memories from before they met you too. Yeah. And I'm sure they all like to stab me in the heart right now. But like at, at that point, it was like my family, you know what I'm saying? So it, it is like a really weird thing to me. That's like. Man, why is it that, like, why would you have kids and then be like, I don't give a fucking shit what they're doing? Or, or like, I'm not even interested in what they want. Is That's the real question. Because I'm not the only fucking person that has this issue. Like, we have talked to many people who are like, why don't my parents give a shit about what I do or what I want? Yeah. I mean, that's how you go crazy. (laughs) I I know. Like, you can't apply that because they don't think of it that way. You can put a malicious spin on it, but they probably aren't thinking of that that way. They're just avoiding the connection. You know, for the most part, they're avoiding a connection and honest conversation. They're avoiding that. And, you know, we apply like a malicious intent behind it. Yeah. And I mean, but it's I. It's not I, malicious, I, though. I, you, I, yes, I, I think you, it's yeah, laziness. No, but you, when you say, why don't they give a shit about me, you're saying that in a malicious way. Really? You are. I, th- I see it as... Not giving a shit about somebody that is your own fucking child is very malicious. But I see it not as them not... Like, it's... In my mind, dude, I'm not like my parents actively You think it's more don't. like uh, shrugging you off. Yes. Yes. It's NUI. I think I'm using the right word. Like, it's like they're just like kind of like... Meh about eh, it. Yeah. Whatever. And my parents, my dad, the three kids... Me, my younger brother, and younger sister, we all have cr- crazy interesting jobs. I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, having a child makes you very alienated from your parents. It makes you very hard to understand all of that stuff. Um, but it also, it's, it's also completely worthless to, to go down that route. Know, you dude. have to, you have to. This is what you'll do, and I think you should. You have to go through this for the last time. You have to go through this with like a brain trainer that can show you how to think about this stuff correctly. And you just need to move on with it because they're going to set you free from all of the burden of even caring about this stuff because it's not serving you in any sort of way. Yeah. yeah. No, I understand. And, And I know that like being mad at your parents is like such a cliche thing to do yeah but it's just like i feel like most people i know 
are are were or at least have been mad at their parents. Well, that's what we have in common, though. Yeah, I me mean that's you, what we have in common. Sure. <laughs> I mean, a lot of us that hang yeah. out have the, that in common. But you know, there I meet plenty of people that have very you know tuned in, stable, rational parents. That you don't you don't think that so. I don't uh, think it's, I'm not. I'm. I'm gonna. I'll. I'll say this. Right when me and Katie first started dating, uh, we had to go to her parents' house every single Sunday, right, and hang out with her parents and barbecue. I hated it so much, and I could never figure out why. But I think part of me, even in my mind, was like kind of jealous in a weird way because it's like, mm, you, like you like you care about your parents because like I. Couldn't care less. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I, I mean, I had an ex like that um, that I was with that was a part of a very big Catholic family. And it was something that I could never understand and ultimately just did not jive with me. To no. the, I just could not go and listen to like the same stories over and over again. And like, I appreciate what they have, but it's definitely me. It's a me issue. Yeah. It's something that I can't engage with that. Like, I don't believe that any of these people wouldn't cut my fucking throat for a million dollars. Like, yeah. I, I don't think family matters. I think yeah. if I, you know, that's how I was brought up, you know? So, yeah. and, and I don't, and I, I want to, I want to change that. Or I want to be better, but I also think that, you know, being around the people that I care about is more rewarding, you know? And, uh, yeah. and, and I think that, you know, that, that, that relationship with your parents is going to always be an Atlas type situation. It's always going to be a very arduous task, um, but is something that you're going to have. I mean, that's the genesis of all of us. You're going to have to crack the fucking code of what that shit really was, yeah. you know, and, I guess and even now and how it can be, you know, going through all this stuff and talking about this stuff and not carrying it over into your relationship with them, you know, or, or figuring out what you want the next chapter of this relationship to look like, you know? I guess there's also, like, a for me, at least, in my brain, there's a weird pressure to, like, love your parents. This weird thing where I, like, from feel who? like it's normal. I don't tell you, mind, I've never told you to love your parents. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> you know, you encourage me. No, but in, in a lot of people do, like, I feel like... I guess the normal way, the normative way, I don't think it's normal, obviously, because everybody is struggling with this type of stuff. But I, I do think it's supposed to be normal that you're like, I just, I just really, like, I have a connection with my parents and I love them. And for me, I'm just like, that's not normal. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, there's, no, there's nothing normal about it. I mean, it's the same way where they said you're supposed to go through school in four years when you turn 18 years old into 22. That's yeah. how you go to college. Yeah. Like, I've <laughs> never met one person that I've met. No, everybody I know has extended beyond that. There's nobody that has I know that has well, made it, it out. Like realistically, that. takes longer than four years to do college. Yeah, <laughs> and and it says that you can do it in four. So is, all of the, yes. I mean, the entire the entire idea of normalcy is just not not even relevant. You know, and especially yeah. when it comes to relationship with parents, a lot of us don't have anything that's close to normal. But I, you, it, it needs to be something that is bringing you some sort of satisfaction or if it if it doesn't make you happy it's just something that you're comfortable with and within your own guidelines or within your realm of control yeah you know yeah let's answer some questions here uh these are from the facebook group 
Uh, okay. Brett, you got some too? Yeah. People are just chatting. If you're, oh, if that's you're, good. It's, well, hey, if they're, they're just chatting, talking that's shit. That's great. Are they enjoying the show? They have, all? yeah, lots of people with fucked up lives in the chat, surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few folks that uh, can absolutely identify what you've said already. Well, the memories thing really was a mind blower to me. Like, that was like a real thing where it's it was good. like, oh man, you know, I probably didn't really have a ton of like real meaningful relationships until I started making friends. Yeah. You, know? you got, you had, you got abandoned by your mom at a very young age and that kind of stuff affects, uh, what you can expect from people. Uh, my family blew apart because my aunt and uncle died in a plane crash, the value jet crash in Florida crash. in the nineties. And uh, they sued each other into oblivion and don't talk to each other anymore. That's a crazy and one there. That was uh, that was scarring to me because it was I did have a place to go every single Thanksgiving until I was you know in sixth grade or whatever, and wow. then all of a sudden when I hit like that twelve year barrier, when I started to understand adult things, when I had my head on my soldier shoulders and I wasn't throwing childish tantrums, these people that like were supposed to be my family, like ride or die loyal people. Uh, we're fighting over a few thousand dollars and like kicking my grandma out of their house and shit. You know, it was. And, do, and do that, you ever wonder how much the money was? That I tore it, the it's family so apart? bad. Dude. I know. I know. That's I bet what I'm it, was, it was. It was nothing. Grand. I know. It was. Ten grand. It was so pathetic. Yeah, it, it had was, to be. It couldn't have been and, more than maybe. Uh, let's just say maybe fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, maybe sure. Which I'm is not a great a amount of money. Just That's, a Camaro or a nice yeah, truck. <laughs> great amount of money. Nobody's trying to say that 50 grand isn't a lot of money. I'd love to have 50 yeah. grand. But I wouldn't like upend my entire life and tear away from everybody. I wouldn't kick away it. all my family and tell it's them crazy. that they're trying to get. Yeah. It's just wild. It's, you know, but that's what I, I, I think. I think that's normal. That's and that's wrong. But like, I think that there's more situations where people have been betrayed by family that they don't want to admit. We can smooth over a lot of stuff, um, and you know, and and make uh, make a change for ourselves. You know, like yeah. I, I'm, we're doing it differently. We're not carrying this stuff on, but we're doing Jesus. Great. It's so, but the it just passes down. I mean. Well, I'm raising myself. Like I as much as I don't want her to be me, she's just fucking me right now. Like yeah. it's so apparent. Yeah, Gwen's a lot more like me than she is like Kate. And like you can definitely see it in her. But I also think that like the way people nurture that kid, my kid, like I think that's gonna mean that she's gonna do some pretty special stuff in her adulthood, you know? Yeah, I think she's gonna do some really cool shit because People have nurtured her and told her that she's worth something. And I think she's a really creative kid. She's been writing a lot of stories and stuff. And I'm like really happy for her. It's good. Know? But she does have my, my fucking uh, horrible, cool thing. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that fucking thing where I have to be cool. Yeah. And it's like, the, it just means you miss out on like any a great lot of fun thing, you know? Yeah. All right, Brett. Um, you got to embarrass yourself. Yeah. How's the cooking life been? You've been cooking? Uh, yeah, I've been doing all right. I'm doing bad. Really? I started making edible cookie dough because I'm spending so much money on cookie dough. Oh, no. Well, I mean, I guess that. <laughs> and it's bad. It's never, I've never made good cookie dough. It's just a hard thing it's to do. It's not the same. It's not eggs. You don't put eggs in it. So you have to replace those eggs with milk. And, and like you have to figure out the right amount and like it always comes out crumbly. And then I think I got it right last time, 
but like a fucking dingus, I crushed up like eight Oreos and mixed it in there with it. So it just tasted like the Oreo cream. And I was mm. like, fuck this cookie dough. And mm. I made... Um, I don't think raw eggs make you sick. I mean, I ate mm. raw cookie dough for several decades of my I'm life. I'm not going to be the guy that goes to the hospital for salmonella during a fucking pandemic. <laughs> I don't think you would be. Well, they say you will. They say not to do it. Because they want to sell you $9 cookie dough. Well, you can make it at home for like almost nothing. But it's not as good. Obviously. But anyway, so the cookie dough's gone bad. Uh, I baked, what did I bake a couple weeks, but we are, I'm not cooking. I'm, I'm basically, I'm ordering food a lot of time. Oh, I made pasta the other day from scratch, not the sauce. Uh, there's a really good company that makes sauce here that you can get for seven bucks. And I just buy that, but I made the pasta from scratch. Oh, oh what a hell thing that is to do. It really? Took me an hour. Well, Maybe more than an hour to roll it out. It's my, so hard. My advice on pasta is you have to make enough that you can freeze for like the next six months. Like you have to make it in bulk. Making it one time is a huge task. Yeah, I just wanted fresh pasta. So I made it. And that was uh, good. It tasted good. I didn't get yield much because I had to throw a bunch of it away because I tried to roll it 4,000 times and it wasn't sticking together. But um, uh, other have, than that, it's like... I'm eating like my regular dinners I eat when we're not in a pandemic. Other than a steak dinner every week, we have steak and salmon every week. One day, just a steak and I have a steak and they have a salmon and we have uh, mashed potatoes and a big vegetable next to it. That's yeah. like one time a week we get to have that because, I mean, steak costs, steak and salmon both cost a stupid amount of money. Sure. So, uh, yeah, for cooking for me, I mean, I've been on the canned bean route. I just eat like uh, baked beans on hot dogs a lot. With uh, I chop up purple onions and put a bunch of mustard on top. Uh, also, we've been eating just refried beans wrapped in tortillas. Purple onions <laughs> are fucking amazing. We've been yeah. doing that refried beans and tortillas too. Basically, what I do is so I will make something like I will just make like pesto pasta. With fake and chicken in it and just like a big bowl of shit. And I'll hand it to Erica. It'll be like a thousand calories in one go. And then she will like roast one vegetable a day. And that's been pretty much our. And then it's, the rest of that is just filled with uh, cereal and granola bars and any sort of sweet wheat treats that you can get. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've been, I bought a, I, I mean, I had to go to the store and I wanted to get enough for at least a week, a week and a half. I bought for three weeks, dude. I, I tried, felt like, it, I felt crazy. I was at Aldi. I spent $300 at Aldi. Buddy, I spent 270 on Friday and I'm only thinking. But my cart was filled though. And it was like, there was guys in there that were just buying one bag of onions. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing right now? You're yeah, going to have to come back. Like make your recipe without onions right now. That's what onion powder. That's what you have to use. Do not come here for a bag of fucking lemons. I like you such... buy it once and don't come back. I don't want to see your ass here in the next two weeks. I have such like I'm a compulsive like it's I need you know what I need? I need a safe at my house 
to I've already put looked the them treats in. in. They were on uh, Shark Tank. <laughs> there was a company that went on Shark Tank. They sell like Rubbermaid type things where you can punch in a code and then you can program it on what hours during the day that you're able to access what's inside. See, I need a safe of some sort because I, like I buy like so many treats. It's like, you know, I need at least one treat a night. You've been on tour with me. <laughs> I like have, to have a treat every night. Yeah, we need Desserts them. part of dinner. Or something like that. And uh, so I've been trying to have a... But I go and buy enough treats for two weeks and eat it in four days. Because I just fucking am like, damn, them cinnamon muffins are good. Yeah. I'm going to eat two of them tonight. Or, or like, I, But you know what I've gotten really into? That has cut my calorie intake down so much. And I'm just over the moon for it. It's Jello jiggle, Jigglers. Oh, yeah. Jello Jigglers. Jello's like crazy, great. man. Just every, every week, every, like, I go through a thing of it in like two days. And then I immediately am like, let's get these Jigglers rolling. So here's the thing I've been able to do to get around some of the overeating, which is buying mixes, like buy a brownie mix for like $1.85, buy a cookie mix, buy a key lime pie mix. I bought all this stuff so that it Smart. has to be made. I have some cinnamon rolls, the Pillsbury cinnamon rolls, and they're just sitting in my refrigerator. I have them for two weeks. The cookie. And they're like one of my favorite things to eat, but I'm like, I don't want to make that yeah. much time. So you know? Aldi has, um, they, Aldi has the tag along peanut butter cookies from the Girl Scouts, and Those they also have good. Samoas. So we've just designated, we just give up. If we open it, that's the only treat for the day. Like you just get one bag of Oreos, one bag of Samoas, one bag of Tagalongs so you got the per day, and it's sitting out. That's and all. Everybody it is. has to have the same treat. Yes, everybody gets Tight. that for the day. See, no, my wife isn't eating treats right now, and Gwen likes like three treats. You know, she's she's not really a treat gal like I am. Oh yeah, I mean, I, she likes treats, but she's so good at not eating them. My daughter just spit out macaroons. That's ridiculous. There was an Aldi special on macaroons, and uh, no one in the house likes them, so I guess I'm going to fill myself full of macaroons. They're so good. They're a like next level. They're so pillowy. person not to like macaroons. I might make some macaroons this week. So um, the food is, I think, middling for us. Like, I'm eating a lot of the same dinners, except for I have a steak dinner every I, week. I think I've been... I mean, I've probably... I mean, so, like I mentioned, I have a paternal... Pat I'm sorry... I have a monogamous hangouts with friends and we do order food when we get together yeah, a lot. We've ordering. had a couple, we've had, we've made a couple dinners, but for the most part, we are ordering food. Me and G dog order food like crazy. Like me and Gwen are just like, I don't really feel like eating any of the many meals we have in this house. Tonight. I'm stupid. <laughs> I think I'm going to get shake shack. <laughs> we do base. We eat all the fresh food that we can. And then I have, a whole bunch of canned green beans and a lot of frozen peas. And after we eat our way through that and we get annoyed again, I'm going to go back to the grocery store. True. But I've got a while to go on that one. I bought up all the fake meat that Fresh Time had, all the fake chorizo. Mm -hmm. You got to try this shit, dude. Okay. Field, field roast is the way to go. We'll do that. How's gaming been? You been gaming? I, we played block by block a few weeks ago, but I had a serious crazy trip experience, so we didn't stream it. And we're going to do it again sometime when we yeah. have time it's a wonderful game board gaming's been good we played block by block we played pandemic i've been playing a ton of cribbage um right before the shutdown i got marvel ultimate alliance 3 which is really good for switch if you have like me and my wife can play that 
kids can jump in. It's very much uh, you can adjust it to the skill level of whoever's playing. And there's a lot of really good characters in there. Miss Marvel is fucking great. Like, yeah. yeah, we've had a good time with that. Right now, I am about to fire up uh, Fire Emblem. That's going to be oh, my God. next game. I have Tetris I'm playing because I'm 41 years old. I was playing uh, Celeste, but like it was, I think I'm almost done with it. So I might just go back to that when I get home or something. But like uh, I am playing Tetris Marathon too. Not even the, the competitive Tetris. I finally paid the $10 for the DLC where you can play Marathon. And I just fucking set it for 999 lines and just go until I can't go anymore. Okay. Um, I changed the controls like to my own way of being set up. And I don't think it, I think ergonomically it's better for me, but I think I probably should have just kept them and learned the other way. Okay. But I like it. I love Tetris. I mean, I've been a Tetris I head did, since I was a kid. Yeah, I have that. We should play. I, I've always, I have the uh, Tetris Poyo Poyo. We should play against each other. Yeah, let's do that. How has isolation affected your ability to post? I mean, obviously not at all for me. Uh, mine has been embarrassing. Like I did all that acid on Friday and like I messaged all kinds of people and I was tweeting crazy shit. I feel like I've been drunker than ever. Um, I've been wiling, I feel like, on social media, to be honest. Well, you know, you're really, and I said this, I was, we were talking about this earlier in the show or earlier before we started recording. It's like me and Brett are supposed to be in Jacksonville, Florida right now, probably on stage after Jake Flores is just killed. And uh, that's real hard for me. I know that it's like dream job shit and stuff like that and that my job's not super hard, but it is very hard because like I do feel like my job is the state. The stuff I do on stage feels like my job. This yeah. I like I love doing this and this is my job, you know, but like the time I get the most satisfaction and the time I feel good is after I walk off that fucking stage when I'm done with the show and I'm hanging out with the fans and like, it's really hard for, I'm like having visions in my stupid fucking head of walking on stage. Street you know what fight, I mean? Street fight. Yeah. Well, we, I mean, it, it's like, you know how sometimes when we get up there, I'll do that big stomp up yeah. to the, that's what I keep seeing that in my head, like doing the big stomp on the stage. That's really tough, man. But my posting pretty good. I think. I had a good tweet about uh, the bubble tint on a car, which is my favorite thing. Yeah. Nobody can tint. Right? Nobody can do it on Nobody. Your You Just only the... should go to professional for <laughs> tinting. You, there's no way you're going to get out of that without a bubble. Some Lonnie in, in the in the in the mention is going to be in the mentions this week. Like, oh, I did it right. I didn't. I have did bubbles, and it's like you're fucking the one percent. You're not the 99%. You're thing. lucky. Because, like, <laughs> consider yourself lucky because everybody else has got a bunch of air bubbles in there. I think about it all the time where, like, the person talks themselves into the fact that they're going to do it and they probably do research like yeah. crazy. Even now, you can watch people on YouTube do tent, I bet. Yeah. You ain't, you're not going to do it, though. Yeah, you can't do it. I mean, it seems easy, though, when you think about it. When you think about tinting your windows, this is what I think. I'm going to tell you what I think it involves. So then you know. And I think this is going to articulate to you why people do it. Because I've been thinking about this for like two days. I think it comes in a strip, right? Is it all one tint? It's, it's like the window it's on a roll. tinting. Like just, it's on a roll. Yeah. 
So you take a roll of tent and you fucking lay it across and you cut it so it's out. And then I assume it's as simple as taking like a fucking slidey boy. Um, I don't know what they're called. A like razor a squeegee blade? sort oh, of thing. Oh, squeegee, okay. You take a squeegee thing and you just push the air bubbles down until they're out of there and boom, you got yourself a tinted window. Yeah, that's, do you think that because you've put on a, a phone screen protector before? Exactly. So like I, I do understand why people do it because intellectually it feels like the easiest thing in the world to do. But I feel like we've gotten enough evidence that it's very hard to do that we should stop trying to do it ourselves. <laughs> I don't know. And nobody's trying to get tented anymore. Mm. Uh, you know, I saw one. Uh, the reason this idea that that tweet came up is because I was walking down the street in my neighborhood and there was a car with it. And I was like, why'd you do that, man? I was going to deal. I was going to send a text to our boys chat that said, I'm, I'm going to get Erica convinced that I should put new speakers in the van with this incentive with this, uh, uh the stimulus Trump bucks. Yeah. I'm buying an off white hoodie. I want good speakers. Yeah. I want good speakers in my van that I can, like, crank all the way. Yeah, I also thought about just buying $500 worth of fucking edibles. Um, yeah, it's true. That's true. That's true. You want to take a break? Sure. And come back? Yeah, we're going to take a quick... We can't well, play music. We can't play music, so we can't take a break. That sucks. Jake, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm okay. You got to go to the bathroom or something? Because I can talk. Yeah, I wanted to hang for a minute. I just want to take a break. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, what happens? Well, where are we at here? Where are we at? Let me see. I don't want to take a break without music, though. Huh? Yeah, I don't want to take a break without music. All right. All right. All right. I'll tell you what. Write the time down, Jason, so Jake knows. We are going to go for like five minutes, take a break. It's going to be quiet. Jason, put something like we'll be right back on the screen. And uh, I promise we'll be back. You can just stare at the IWW flag behind me. And uh, that'll be it. Just five minutes. Just give it, not even five. Just a few minutes. Yeah, I'll be back in five minutes. Hey, guys, I'm back. Uh, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, of course. I'm back. It's just me, Street Fight Radio. Call-in show, but not a call-in show, you know? It happens. Our shit just... Right before we were about to take start taking calls, it shit the bed. And the whole computer settings went away. Uh, so, we gotta set that back up. But uh, we're answering questions from people on the uh, in the Street Fighters Facebook group. Hard to get in, but once you're there, people love it. Um, so, I guess I'll just go to the next... The next question is best board game for being stuck inside. I think we talked about this. Um, there is a game called uh, Lost Cities that me and Katie play. It's a two-player game, which are very rare, but it's a fun-ass fucking game. And uh, Brett is a game bo game board game expert. I know he's been playing Cribbage, and we played Block by Block and Pandemic, but uh, I'm sure Brett can give you a lot better games than I just, like... I just told him about Lost Cities. Which Lost is a Cities very is a great, fun game. good two-player game. Yeah. Here, here's my advice: uh, if you're stuck inside with a spouse, you gotta buy games that are made for two people. Yes. My, my board game collection is consists of games for two people. So every time my wife is like, "I want to play a game," uh, we'll play Pecking Order or we'll play something Lost Cities, any of the 
Reiner Kinesia games are good. Lost Cities is incredible game. Just uh, endless strategy. Mr. Jack is a good one for Mr. two people. Mr. Jack. Yeah. Who got the Jack? I'm reading a book about heavy metal. Oral history of heavy metal. Oh. I was so- reading about ACDC. And just like how they were just like, uh, they talked about how he started, I'm going to get it wrong, Angus started wearing the schoolboy uniform and shit. And then it just got me thinking like, this motherfucker has to order schoolboy uniforms all the time. In his size, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To get a 5XL. The funniest thing in that so far, in that book so far, is by a guy I hate who will feature heavily in the next October, Ted Nugent. Oh, yeah. And he's talking about, like, uh, you know, well, why do you think I, I, I go on tour to make money? Like, I don't want a, the same toothless idiots, toothless, dirty idiots staring at me the whole time, but I just do it so I can make some money. And I'm like, Yeesh, Ted. Nice. <laughs> Not brutal. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I like I have a lot of classic games uh, for multiple people. The the cooperative stuff is good. Some of my favorite cooperatives, Pandemic, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Ghost Stories is a really good cooperative game. Pandemic is great. Block by Block is really good. For block- the Street Fight listeners, Block by Block is the game. Yeah. You would all love it. And it's also, if you look up, I mean, it might take a little bit of investigation. I'll try to, to put a link out there, but block by block is, veil, is available as a print and play game. So yeah. you Probably can print, hard. you can print out all the pieces and cut them out and play the same fucking game with no cost. At yeah, it's all. a great game too. It's very fun. The, the actual game is beautiful and I would buy it if you can afford it. Yeah. It's great. Um, next question. This one's a little bit, uh, racy. Okay. How has quarantine affected your horny levels? Ah, you know. I'm sitting in my own... I mean, I'm showered a lot more. Okay, so you're ready for love. I take a walk so I get a shower, but, like, that's also you're just sitting around all day, and you're just like, ugh, nothing sounds good. Really? Not even sex? My horny levels are normal right now. They haven't changed at all. But let's just say it like that. Dude, having my wife around all day has made me hornier than ever. Oh, I'm just God. like, we could do it anytime we wanted. Get off this meeting and then let's go take a break. Let's get but some sex in. I have to say that kids are the best. Like, kids are the best, um, the best case for abstinence. They're the best prophylactic. That you can ever get. Yeah, because they're all They introduce. Yeah. I, I mean, like, the moment that I start, like, rubbing my wife's ass, like, just get a little booty rub going, my I hear my daughter clamoring up the steps, and yeah. she just runs up and dives right in between yeah, us every single time. And you got a boner or something, and you're laying there, and the kid jumps yeah. in the bed, and you're like, oh, well, it goes right. <laughs> <laughs> you got smashed into the bed. Yeah. <laughs> or you're trying to, like, coax... Like, I'm trying to coax my wife to stay up. Like, I'm trying to put my daughter to sleep, but at the tame, same time, keep my water, my my wife away. excited. Yeah. You know, one of them is going to bed. One of them is trying to, trying to keep them up and rowdy. Yeah. I've been pretty tired the past week, though, too, because I'm taking this anxiety medicine. So it's, uh, yeah, I, uh, my sleep schedule is definitely, uh, messed been, up. Yeah, messed up, but. You know, I mean, I'm kind of thankful that I've been able to to live my life how I want and stay up all night. And I don't get nagged at or anything, yeah. which is fucking great. Like, if I wake up at 10 or 11 or even noon, I can still go get a back rub. 
as yeah. soon as I wake up. I'm, damn, you get back rubs? I get back. All I do is I wake up every single morning. I walk down the stairs. I crawl onto the couch, and I slowly just slink up and put my head on my wife's lap. And then she just goes to town on my fucking oh, back hair. It's golly. the best. She unmatched the whole nest. I'm jealous of that. Um, what's your favorite anime, Brett? This is a Brett-specific question because he watches that stuff. I've just seen Cowboy Bebop and uh, some of that famous <laughs> Neon Genesis Evangelion, but I never make it through the shows. So, Cowboy it, Bebop is cool as shit, though. I'd love to see like a live-action yeah. Cowboy Bebop. I don't feel like I'm as hardcore as I should be. Like I've watched some a lot of stuff, but uh I do love like Cowboy Bebop was a huge deal for me when I was younger and uh, so was Evangelion and I I haven't deviated away from those two. I've been trying to watch other stuff. Um I'm going to watch Die Guard. I've heard it's pretty good. Uh but right now I would say I'm watching with my daughter a lot of Haunted House. If you go on Netflix, there's a show called Haunted House, and it's these kids that have access to this, like, medallion that awakes this, like, goblin that comes and helps them fight, like, ghosts. Is it serialized? or is Yeah, it- it's serious. Like, every, oh, single, okay. every single week, there's, like, a new kid that died and turned into a ghost, and these children get wrapped up in their situation, and they have to, like, resolve this family's issue that they can't deal with, you know, the death of their kid or so whatever. So, it's... Is he... Each episode is standalone or not standalone? Standalone for the most part. Okay, so it's not serial. I gotta. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> but it's okay. You know what? I'm gonna say, um, Evangelion has a very trippy atmosphere to it. Uh, Cowboy Bebop is very cool, but I think the longest running one that I love the most is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, the Joe Star. F- yeah, the Joe Star family. The, the Joe Star family. <laughs> yes. They're all Joe Stars. And there is different iterations of them throughout time. And I think that series as a whole is a really great thing to get wrapped up into. And there's so much to watch. Uh Naruto, I tried, but I couldn't finish. Um Kenshin, I love. I think that's a fucking good one. But JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is the one I put at the top. Well, somebody in the chat said one one punch man. I've seen some of that. I just can't watch a lot of cartoons. I think that's my thing. Here's what I have to say. I think one punch man is only funny until you've watched a lot of anime. Like all the tropes of one punch man are just immediately hilarious to me because I've watched so much anime. Yeah. Evangelion was actually for its time was the one punch man. It was about a 15-year-old kid that all of a sudden was supposed to save the world and how leading up to that, most of the time they just stepped up to the plate and saved the world. Evangelion was about a kid that didn't want to fucking save the world. Yeah, yeah. So it was supposed to be a play on the tropes of before. One Punch Man is the modern version, I think, of that where it, it established like this ultimate power character that is just annoyed by it, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cowboy Bebop, very good. Cowboy Bebop is a fucking like old timer. Live action movie. I, I'd love to cast the movie, really, to tell you the truth. Yeah, I feel. Did they do one? Do they? They were working on. Oh, it. Oh, they were. And I think it's for Netflix though, so it'll probably look like it costs seventy five cents to make. Yeah, know? I never watched the the Death Note live action movies. I'd love to hear what people think of that too, because Death Note was a good manga. I never watched the anime, but I would love to hear what the live action movies were like. I'm looking at uh oh there it is being made. John Cho is in it. I'm looking. I'm looking. 
they're shut down right now. Or they were in 2019, so that's not, like, really a good sign. But John jo- Cho got injured on set, so there's that. Oh, no. Um, I'm trying to see who who's all in it. John Cho is a really good choice for uh, the main Spike. Spiegel. Spike. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, so here's the next question. This is, I, I see this as a Brian question, but it could be Brett. What TV shows or movies would you say influenced your perspective on the world growing up? Why do you think it did? And did any of that stick with you? Uh, Well, I watched a lot of MTV growing up. Okay. And uh, it influenced me a lot at the time because it felt like that's where the cool stuff was happening. So it was like, okay, I want to be like the real world. I wanted to be any character on the real world, especially Puck. I wanted to be Puck really bad, but like uh, I, I found the real world to be very cool, and uh, that was something that really influenced me. And uh, you know, and it's on Hulu now, so I might even go back and watch it. But a big, most important, a really important movie to me growing up was Natural Born Killers. Oh yeah, that was a fucking legendary movie. Yeah, because it like I think it really pushed me to watching stuff that maybe was a little weirder than because you know for me it was like all about like these big blockbuster, you know whatever the big thing was the crow. Uh, all well the crow was a big deal to me though that influenced me a lot, but like uh, yeah for some reason Natural Born Killers was such an important movie to me as a kid. And, uh, well, it felt like, I mean, I think that movie felt dangerous at a time, at that time, because you weren't supposed to identify or like be, uh, you weren't supposed to understand the point of view of somebody that commits crime. Yeah. And I wonder if it holds up, but it really was made in a way that could make it seem timeless to me because it like, it just looked so different and everything about it was so different. It was just such a different movie. And you guys also got to remember that like Woody Harrelson was not like a dark, twisted guy before that movie. It was like he was not an anarchist. Yeah. The guy from Cheers is a lot. That's all he was. You know, I don't know what else he even did. White Man Can't Jump maybe before that. But it was just kind of like seeing him be real dark, seeing Rodney Dangerfield in it like as like a real dark character. It was just one of those movies that was like, man, maybe I do like really twisted stuff. Because that movie is like, I mean, it's pre-Joker Joker. It's just yeah. a really twisted fucking weird movie. And like, uh, uh, I don't know. I think it like influenced what I thought was cool after that. It definitely, you know, wouldn't have watched a lot of the dudes rock, the, the Quentin Tarantino type stuff if I hadn't seen Natural Born Killers first. Yeah. I saw Goodfellas after Natural Born Killers. Like I saw a lot of those movies that ended up being like these classics that every these classic like touchstones that like everybody knows about and can reference. And that happened because I saw Natural Born Killers. And I think it also to me symbolized turning into an adult watching that movie because it was sort of like uh it wasn't for kids at yeah. all. It, the movie there wasn't adult themes. Yeah. And they, they even like, there was a big outcry about it being what it was. Yeah. It, it's just one of those things that I, that movie was weirdly important to me. And also like some of the like really corny stuff that was on Nickelodeon, like Brady bunch. I think the Brady bunch is why I have such weird 
family shit going on in my brain, you yeah. know? But what was the question again? Uh, where do you think, uh, what TV shows or movies would you say influenced your perspective on the world growing up? And uh, why it, do you think it did? And did any of that stick with you? Yeah, I um, I don't know. The movies, like, I think uh, Fight Club happened when I was in high school. And that movie uh, is a joke now, I, I understand. Not but really. I've, I've seen a lot of people defend it, too. I've seen both sides of that. Yeah. kind of like The Doors, right? Like, people say they hate The Doors. But then there's a lot of people that are like, nah, the doors are cool. You yeah. just don't get it, you know? <laughs> I mean, I think I was definitely a part of whatever, that, that like early millennial time, the early hipster thing of the early 2000s of, uh, you know, going from, from that to like the Matrix and then into V for Vendetta. Yeah. And all of that stuff was just kind of, uh, a, it was a way to say don't trust the narrative yeah. the official narrative ask questions be skeptical and you know it led me into some some you know ugly or bad point of views it definitely put me in a conspiratorial route but i think more than anything it was a way to say uh there's other people out here that don't trust the american dream and don't believe in what the the powers that be are saying like the status quo is something that doesn't need to be upheld yeah. You know, that that was informative. And then for comedy, honestly, it, like, I love doing the podcast, but sketch comedy has been the biggest informative thing in my life. Like, when I was a kid and I would go to my grandma's house, she had cable, so I could watch Roundhouse, which was on Nickelodeon, and it was kids doing sketch. It was yeah. kids doing Saturday Night Live. And then later, I would stay at her house, and she would be up all night, and I'd watch Saturday Night Live with, you know, while she went to bed. Or watch In Living Color or Mad TV. Um, In Living Color was big to me. Like, yeah. That was another one that was like, this, my parents hated it. My parents loved it. My my parents thought Homie the Clown was fucking hilarious. Yeah. I would I would put like, I would put an orange in a sock and fucking do Homie Don't Play That in the house. Yeah, my parents were like, you shouldn't be watching that show. But they didn't stop us from watching anything else. They probably racism really because because they were also like up on martin they were like so annoyed that i liked martin yeah and i think the uh the the in living color thing really fucked with them because it was on at the same time as america's funniest home videos yeah and that was like their favorite show yeah and i was downstairs watching this like really subversive like black comedy show you know yeah i just always i like i loved upright citizens brigade like I know that's something now that's like a thing, but it was at the beginning, it was very transgressive and it was doing things that and having conversations that had never done before. Kids in the hall was huge. Like that kind of, I, I like, I like jokes that exist for three to five minutes and we have a great fucking laugh about them and then we move on. I think that's what like kind of bred me for podcasting is that I like to make something up with you and we have just, we just bust our guts laughing about it and then we move on to the next thing. And that, I think that was informative to, you know, what I do. Yeah. I, I was big into Mr. Show was like really important to me for that time too. Like that show was just. I mean, I still think about sketches from Mr. Show to this day, and I can sit and watch it, and I would probably still laugh. There's some stuff in that that's just so timeless and so fucking funny and weird and different, and, like, that was a big deal to me. And it's weird because my dad is who told me to check it out. Yeah. 
because he liked Monty Python, and he was like, "This show's kind of like Monty Python," and I was like, "Oh, well, he likes it." I I loved Monty. Yeah. I loved Monty Python and Holy Grail as a teenager. Like that was something to me. It was just so cool to see adults being silly. Yeah. Like you know, I, I, like I, just at my right now interacting with kids. Like I am a silly grown up. I do things that like they can, they're just amazed. Like they've never seen their teacher or an administrator or anybody have fun or act like a child the way that I do. And I feel like a lot of that is borrowed from Monty Python stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last <laughs> question we have here is, uh, where do you think we go from here in regards to when the crisis settles down? Do you think we'll see any real structural changes? If so, not how do you, if so, not, how do you think we'll respond as a society? And like, I'm taking this thing one day at a time. And like, uh, I said this early on in the thing before lockdown even happened that like the natural response in this country and in the world is to try to get things back to normal as soon as possible. And I think there's going to be a lot of work ahead of us but i do think things are gonna get like things are gonna get dangerously back to normal like things are gonna get back to normal in a way where we feel like everything's solved and we don't have to deal with it it's gonna be like a big like there's gonna be this moment where we all exhale and we all feel good and we're all out hanging out with each other at shows and we're saying like why didn't we get universal health care out of that crisis and it's because you know, we're just so happy. We'll be so happy to be back together, you know? And like, uh, I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. I, I feel like there's an opportunity and I feel like people, I don't want to be, I don't want to think of like doom and gloom, but like my, my outlook on it is that like, so, at some point there's going to be a cure or there's going to be a vaccine or it's, we're going to flatten the curve and we're all going to be able to get out together and just like happened with like 9-11, it might be five years down the road, but we're going to be where we were before this happened. Yeah. And like, that's maybe my negative outlook. My positive outlook is that like, maybe we get through this thing and like some real shit's going to happen. Like, we're really going to be like the government failed us and we need to do something about this and we need to fix this thing. But my, my, my brain says that everything's just going to go back to the way it was before and that we're going to be in our same fight again. People are going to forget what happened here and how things are. And we're going to just all be in the same fight again. But yeah, you know, I mean, that's a that positive thing though, too. I that don't sounds... think that's doom necessarily. I think it's like, you know, it's doomish to say that we're going to be back like we were in December. I guess, but like, I, I just think that's, what's going to happen. I've seen, I mean, yeah, I, I have never seen anything like this, but I just feel like that's what, that's where I see this going. Yeah. I would have to say, I mean, I agree with you. I've, I haven't seen anything like this and that's why I don't think I, I can't imagine when I say back to normal, all I mean is that we're able to like congregate <laughs> again. Um, I don't think that, <coughs> I don't think the status quo will be restored after this. And we're in a very historic period, what I'm understanding, because this isn't like the banks fucked up their money and now we all have to like lose retirement or lose our jobs and shit. 
This is like people at the bottom. Everybody on Main Street has lost their fucking jobs, and that kind of stuff is going to trickle upwards now. And uh, we're the driving force of the economy. So uh, I think right now the the virus is the biggest hindrance to changing things because everybody is so open right now to see things differently. I think people uh, look at their neighbors in a very different way than they did before, than they did in February. And so uh, in my opinion, we're moving towards, uh, we're moving towards a point where things are going to have to change. And I've seen enough from the folks that I know are holdouts. You know, like I said on Wednesday, I've seen my like self-made tattoo guys all of a sudden be like, I, I don't think UBI is a bad idea or maybe Med- Medicare for all is something we all need. And I, I think that's going to stick. I think the Overton window got moved in a huge way. Uh, I'd love to see like Bernie Sanders capitalize on it and use it to win a fucking election. I mean, I think that's like the right now is the time to to pounce. Um, but, you know, Joe Biden is is looks like it's going to be the inevitability of this. Um, but on the ground, for what I've seen with Nextdoor, what I've seen with uh, my Facebook feed is that everyone else is moving towards camaraderie and mutual aid than I've ever seen before. You know, yeah. we all know somebody touched by this. We all are related to somebody that, that can't make a fucking living right now. And uh, that, that bootstrap shit isn't going to work. I mean, it, maybe it will get into, maybe we'll get into some dicey circumstances, but that's just what needs to happen. You know, I'm I'm along for the ride of this, and uh, you know, I'm expecting, I, I I'm expecting things to go in the way that they need to. Like, I mean, the amount of people that are in need, they're going to make demands, and you know, fucking Instacart. Still, I can't get an order on Instacart at all, and I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. I think the Instacart people should exert their power. I think the Amazon people should exert their power. And I think that this is going to to make a fundamental difference in what people have as an understanding for the world that we're in right now. You know? Yeah. Hey, I like your way better than mine. I was, but uh, I mean, I'm, I, you know, I think I'm preparing for the worst, but like, I'm not going to be miserable. I think that that's the difference. That's where I'm at. Is you know, I may not be, I might not have the best head on my shoulders when it comes to understanding the disaster that's ahead, but I'm not going to be miserable every single moment before that. Yeah. Like I, I'm working, I want to work towards developing uh, a situation that builds community and unites ourselves with each other because there's way more of that happening right now. I've seen a lot bigger, I've seen a lot, lot bigger influx in people looking out for their neighbors than I ever have, you know, and, and that's because of a crisis and I think that kind of stuff is going to fundamentally change who we are. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's a good way to end the show. We got through all the questions. Uh, we've done an amount of time that I'm comfortable with. Okay. So uh, that's the end. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Street Fight. You can find us on streetfightradio.com. That includes if you want to know what the music that we play at the end of the show is. I can't put it on SoundCloud, so I go to street, I put it on the streetfightradio.com feed. Uh, you can go and look at the show notes, and that will list all this, the the music that we play. 
Uh, you can also get bonus content. That's what keeps us rolling. Patreon.com slash Street Fight Radio. We've got Shocktober there. We've got Teen Fight Radio. We've got American Podcast. We've got March Madness. We've got the Holy Boys. There's so much premium content. And I want to say, if you sign up right now, you're not going to be charged. You can sign up and listen to anything that you want and try it out. You're not going to be charged until May 1st. So please have at it and uh, give it a shot. We've got bonus video content, including live shows, including us watching movies like Pump Up the Volume and Some Kind of Monster by Metallica. We watch TV like Shark Tank and Undercover Boss. So consider the $5 a month level over on Patreon.com. You get access to all of that, including all of our digital zines. So... October in uh, two weeks, uh, not in two weeks. It, yeah, in two weeks. This week is the March Madness wrap up show. Next week, October. Then Holy Boys with me and Tom Sexton talking. Uh, Jimmy Swagger with Leslie Lee is right. the first episode. Yeah, so we like you know um, <clears throat> we're here for everybody. We're here for the people. We want to keep spreading this mess across the U.S. even if we can't leave our homes. And I hope that all y'all out there are motivated and working on creating a better world because now's the time to fucking build it. So we appreciate y'all that that chip in and support what we do and spread the word. We're Street Fight Radio. I'm Brett. He's Brian. Talk for a minute. Um, I gotta shut it down. Reading stuff. Just just looking at people's websites and stuff. Just love websites. Yeah.